0: engineers podcast a podcast uh, made by engineers for engineers provided to you by the engineering student society at the university of calgary i'm one of your co-hosts shavak and i'm I'm gonna let the other co-host introduce himself because i've done this to me
1: on my screen you were pointing (laughs) the wrong way so that was fun um (laughs) hi everybody as always i'm eric you see him pronouns one of your co-hosts and i am super duper excited To introduce our guest today, she is a good pal. She is the outgoing president of the Western Engineering Student Society team, or Student Society's team, that's right, and the incoming president of the Canadian Federation of Engineering Students and part of the Round Glasses gang, Shanley McEwen. (laughs)
2: Thank you, Eric. Well, hello, everybody. Like Eric said, my name is Shanley. I use she, her pronouns. Um, I go to the University of Saskatchewan. I'm in my fourth of five and a half years right now um, in environmental engineering. And I'm also doing a minor actually in moral philosophy and professional communications. Really excited to be here. Uh, Excited to talk to you guys. Yeah.
1: This is actually so exciting. Finally, we got someone <laughs> in from a different school. Wow. Look at that. <laughs> but yeah, no, totally. The One of the big reasons we wanted you to come on is we thought you had amazing insights into stuff like you know what you're taking a minor in, moral philosophy. So we kind of wanted to touch on that first about why engineering ethics is important and how our schools kind of deal with that and how it's different between, let's say, U of C to Sask's education?
2: Yeah, for sure. I think uh, first and foremost, I don't know if this is maybe a shared experience at the University of Calgary, but I would say at the U of S, something that we struggle with, and I see it when I talk to even people from other schools, um, is that ethics as is looked at as like that fluff class you take in fourth year alongside your last semester with your capstone and you can kind of push it to the side. Um, it's not really given given the weight or, or sort of the the real estate in our minds that I think it deserves. Um, I don't know if that's an ex- similar experience, though, at the U of C.
0: Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think it's I think it's the exact same thing. I mean, I think I'm guilty of that, too. I was like, hmm, when can I when can I fit this course? in? I'll put it in the summer when I can do this in two months really quickly and sort of get it out of the way. So, yeah, I definitely think it's it's part of the it's part of the same problem on our
2: campus.
1: I feel it's not even the students that feel that way. It kind of seems like the faculty also feels that way. A lot of these ethics courses, it's not one prof that teaches it. It seems you get a rotation of profs, a different prof every year that has their own idea of how to run it, how to do it, or was maybe just given the course to do. So they're often not too well organized because it's kind of a year off, year on kind of thing. And it just gives that impression that this is a fluff course in every single definition of it. The faculty doesn't see it as super important. The prof might see it as super important, but it's not well organized. So the students won't really be fully engaged in the course itself.
2: Yeah, that's exactly it. It's like all the profs every year, it's like they go to their faculty meeting and who gets the short straw, you teach NG Ethics to the fourth years. <laughs> um, yeah, and and I think I think such a huge, issue in engineering is that as a profession we haven't been forced to sort of keep up with the social responsibility of of other fields right like we we especially see that I think in like technology we're making crazy advancements um and we don't have like laws and regulations that like are are up to date with sort of what people are actually doing right and then like so then what really happens is it's really on the designer it's on the engineer to decide like is this ethical like I can make you know this thing is this good for people is this good for society um because there's no laws that are governing it really it's, it's on like our individual judgments um I think there's a lot of there's a lot of importance in that that we're not seeing and I think a huge problem is too is that you're not being taught that when you're like in first year and second year you're learning how to design everything make everything before you're even asking the questions like should I should I be designing this? You know, like you've learned how to do it already before you even decide if it was a good idea to do it in the first place.
0: Yeah, I, I remember when we have to I remember when we have to go through like design criteria and start writing down, you know, these are the main pinpoints of like what we should include in the design. And you're right, like the, like the integrity of the design or how it helps society is usually not the first thing we think of, especially as engineers. I, I, I know this is a bit of a top like off, off side tangent thing. But uh, like when we're looking at businesses like entrepreneurship, when people are making designs. Engineers typically build the thing first and then try to find what the problem is in the world. Um, and it's it's kind of it's kind of that same thing, right? Like we like to build things, but we didn't consider what the problem was in the first place.
2: Yeah, that's it. That's that's honestly exactly it. It's like we're just excited to make something new. We're not even thinking about if this should be made in the first place. Um, I added my minor in moral philosophy about uh, just this last year, actually. Um, because I had taken, I had had an open space in my schedule, took a philosophy class because I thought, you know what, this might be fun, might be an interesting course. And I absolutely fell in love with it. Um, and I think we, in engineering, we really criticize arts students and, you know, arts classes as being these like fluff classes that like, oh, what's the point? But I think it's because we're, we're like, we're in so many ways in our degrees, we've like been desensitized or like dehumanized to like the impact we're going to have later on. Like, I don't know how many design classes you guys have taken where you never mentioned like, how is this going to help? Like, like a group in society, like who's really benefiting from this and like, how is this going to help like the individual? You know, we we don't really think about that. We don't think about our work in terms of like for the benefit of the people around us. Um, And that was one thing that class really talked about. It was like, how is what you're doing, Hurting or helping the people around you, and then like, why is it a good action or bad action because of that? um And I think it's just a perspective where we just we throw out the window because we're just ex- yeah excited to design sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate too because it feels like this kind of social perspective and the outside looking into engineers that is what determines whether a design is ultimately a success or a failure. You can make the coolest thing in the world, but if somebody says or if the majority of people say yeah, we don't like this. This isn't what we want. Then it's ultimately a failed design. No one's going to use it. It's not helping anybody.
2: Yeah, that's exactly it. And I really wish something. I was one of my, I think, biggest regrets in like my engineering sort of like my engineering education is not thinking about how what I was learning could help someone later. You know, just being like, this can do things. Well, that's great. You know, like, learning how to design these things. Even so, so I'm in environmental engineering. One of the first things that I like learned to design, uh, was like wastewater treatments. Um, and I just remember being like, yeah, that's awesome. And I did, and I, and something that like that, like clean drinking water, which is so clearly could do so much good in the world. I wasn't even thinking about that. And, you know, my pros teaching me weren't even thinking about that. We were just like, that's how you do it. Um, (laughs) You know, and I think, I think a lot of schools are like that, but I think when we, when we take us, when we force ourselves to take that step back and look at like, okay, I'm not just designing, you know, drink, I'm not just designing something that will like clean water. I'm designing something that could like bring life, like to like an area of the world or like give people like a second chance and like a safer world for them. Um, And I think when we look at that, when we look at design, through sort of this lens of, like, radical empathy. I think we have, like, so much amazing opportunity as engineers to to do great things for the world, but we haven't been held to that standard. We're not holding ourselves to that standard, and no one's around going to do it for us because, it, really, unless you're in engineering, you probably don't know what those people are doing. <laughs> so how can you hold someone accountable? You don't know what they're doing
0: that's true honestly uh, that just reminds me of something uh you ever seen those like uh whenever like a tech guru or someone is invited to congress in the states and they're trying to explain how like (laughs) cybersecurity works to these politicians and they have no clue how to answer anything or ask any questions that's that's exactly what it is nobody else will understand it
2: yeah that's exactly it's like the iconic (laughs) video of of mark zuckerberg the, the congressman asking like how do you sustain this business model and he's just like senator we run ads and it's just <laughs> it's, it's, it's just such a like cognitive dissonance there's just no idea what's going on it's like they're from two yeah. different worlds <laughs>
1: exactly so i guess it's more of definitely a two-way street here it's and people need to definitely be more societally woke <clears throat> and uh <laughs> but we also have to reach out and make sure that everyone understands tech and why it's good. I mean, all I can think right now is of uh the engineering change lab and how right they are of many things, right?
2: <laughs> oh my goodness, yes, that's exactly it. The engineering change lab is um an incredible group that is is doing, yeah, is trying to do exactly that, right? They're trying to like bridge sort of that idea of like our like social responsibility with like what we're designing. And it feels like you know, you go, you listen to them, and they're like, "We care about social responsibility and how we're designing things." And you're like, "Why is it? Why doesn't everyone care about this?" You know, and and something that I think it and it's not just, I guess, um, being socially aware about like how the average person is going to be affected by like your design. It's also, I think, and this is something I think a lot of design misses, um, just holistically, is like, how are you designing something for every person? um, a huge issue in engineering and is that it's a very exclusive club, I guess, in a lot of ways, you know, it is, it is a profession that has been dominated by, I'm just gonna say it, by straight white men. (laughs) Um, and how can people, how can like a non-diverse team, um, of like designers or engineers design something for, an audience that they don't represent. You know, it's like, as like a woman in, in engineering, I am going to have a better understanding of something that maybe a woman would want, or like a female perspective and like how something might affect them. Like as like, uh, like a man or a person of color, those people are going to have a better understanding of like what those people need in society.
0: To, to your point, actually, I think this is something we mentioned, uh, in our accessibility episode, the last episode, um, where in a lot of the cases the minorities uh visible minorities or minorities are the ones that actually need the problems to be solved in their lives because they're the ones who don't have the resources or the finances or all these you know um i guess the 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 luxuries in life in a lot of the cases and so they're the ones who need all of these designs and this innovation uh, as opposed to like you were saying like the the standard white old man uh, in a lot of the cases right at that point uh, you could argue all they uh, they're already pretty financially secure and pretty good, good life. <laughs> uh-huh.
2: yeah they're exactly they're they're doing fine right <laughs>
0: yeah and,
2: and that's something that um i think it's especially i think it's prevalent in all areas of engineering is like you and I am like a very firm believer in this is like you can't represent a group or um sort of support a group that you're not representative of. You know, like, as, like, even, like, we say this when we're talking about, like, social justice or creating spaces for people. Like, um, if we're talking about, uh, like, Indigenous rights, I, as a white person, I I should not be going up and being like, this is what Indigenous people want. I should be helping creating a space for Indigenous people to say what they need. Um, Right? And I think it goes, it's the same thing in design. It's like, you can't be... um, sort of representative or you can't be kind of saying what these other groups need when you're not a part of that group and you don't necessarily like have those same experiences because your outlook you're going to come at it from a very different perspective from a really privileged perspective and and you're not going to understand why this may be something that seems like you know a small thing. you know when we're making like our decision rubric on what's the best design you're going to say this isn't a priority but you know for somebody you, for somebody else that has like this different life experience that's going to be the number one most important thing um and we're we're just really lacking that i think
1: no that reminds me of that saying right nothing about us without us that that's exactly it and which is why again diversity makes everyone better i hope everybody believes that
2: yeah <laughs> <If you don't. laughs> if you don't send us a send a message to uttering engineers we'll talk <laughs> <laughs>
0: absolutely exactly yes <laughs> i cannot take a better moment to do a shameless plug
2: <laughs> please
0: message us on our social media you can find us on ig under other engineers you can find us if you're already listening to us you can also find us on youtube and watch this video um and and i guess you could be able to recognize who shanley uh McEwan is um but yeah shameless plug
2: I think you have to you have to get at least sort of a tangent here you got to get at least like one shameless plug right this is gonna be 30 minutes oh, yeah. you need you need one right yeah. you deserve and, one for sure and
0: and you and you have to if you look at this you have to comment uh about something in the conversation please and thank you that's that's the one request we have
2: <laughs> yeah if you if you made it this far, <laughs> please tell us what you think
0: <laughs> exactly thank you.
2: yeah
1: we're here to drive social change right that's that's the point.
2: Yeah, that's I, it needs, right. <laughs> Doesn't it need to be? Isn't that why? I don't know. Um, I think that's like kind of a joke, but also at the same time, I don't know why other people go into engineering, but I definitely went into engineering um, strictly on the basis that I was like, and maybe in some ways this is very stereotypical. I was like, I am good at math. I am good at science. I'm hardworking and i and i think that's very stereotypical but then to to move forward i was like this is somewhere where i could help people with skills that not everyone necessarily possesses is what i thought i was like this is a unique way i can help people in it in like a different capacity and so i was like okay this is this is what i'm going to do
1: yeah no totally i felt the same way but i think i got to it from a different path i was I got another degree before this and fell in love with tech stuff. So I thought all, all throughout my life, I was like, I can help people by being a doctor. And then I didn't get into med school and thought I can help people by being an engineer. engineer.
2: <laughs> it's the next best thing that everyone's parents want them to be, right? You know, it's an engineer. I don't know if that's every, everyone else's parents, but my parents growing up were always like, you could be a doctor. You could be an engineer and they were like uh we ran out of ideas
0: (laughs) honestly though I think when I was a kid I just didn't know there were other options you know what I mean like I knew about the five professions and I was like yeah that's about it I don't know what other people do with their lives um but I I would agree I, I sort of came from the same same perspective of like but I guess it was a little bit more general it was like yeah I think I can I can make I can I can build something to you know, cause change and have an impact on the world. And then my brain was always going towards like aerospace and astrophysics. The irony of that is I basically want to make stuff to get off of the planet. So I'm like, yeah. eh. <laughs> you're like,
2: <laughs> you're like, it's going to hell in a handbag. go somewhere else. <laughs> no, but I think that's really, I think that's really interesting. Cause I think, I think so. I would say most people I know, Go into engineering, at least a lot of people I know, go into engineering being sort of like, I could do something different. You know, I could make something different, do something great for someone or something. Um, and then by the time, you know, you get to that fourth year class of learning about, OK, you want to do something different. Here's how you do it for people. Uh, we're kind of like you're so lost in just all the technical uh, of the degree that you're forgetting why you went into it in the first place, you know you didn't just go into it to design something fun. You were like, I could, I could do something great here, um and it's like you lose that passion. I think over the grueling four or more fun five <laughs> years of <your> degree. <laughs> five year <laughs> gang. Yeah, yeah five year <laughs> gang. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm, I'm going to kind of take it back to something you said before, because you were taking a course, uh, like a philosophy course, you said mm-hmm. something very similar happened to me. But this year I, I spoke to Eric about this before as well. But I, exactly what you're saying, I kind of forgot why I got into engineering. And then I took this course that's an extra course this summer. In, on It was a drama course about creativity. And like I spent four months reflecting on why I changed my entire path. Um, and I'm still going through that process. And basically what that course focused on was that, um, we need to, we forget how creative we are, right. A lot of the times and creativity is actually a skill. So you have to practice it to get better at it. And in engineering, what typically ends up happening is we forget to practice the creativity because we're practicing our math and our homework and trying to pass tests. Um, so getting back into that creativity and getting back to what you want to do at the end of the day is, is really important.
1: Yeah. How do you, how do you keep that passion though? Cause it kind of, it feels like the it feels like the engineering education just kind of beats you down until you kind of lose that passion. So how how would you say you want to keep that passion coming in and throughout your entire degree, you came in so starry bright eyed saying, I'm gonna join these clubs, I'm gonna make cool things. And I know one of the things you wanted to talk about today was how to keep motivated as especially as a marginalized community in engineering education itself on top of just classes you get all these other aspects that might be detrimental to a minority group if you wanted to join let's say some design club and I'm going to use the example of a woman in engineering trying to just dis- join a racing team and somebody is and the people that are presenting their team to you have all the best intentions in mind but you just see a wall of cishet white males presenting to you how do you stay motivated and build the courage to join something like that and keep that passion going when everybody in that club looks different from you
2: yeah that's so dang yeah that's tough i think okay so first off i think something that's important i'm going to preface what i'm about to say with this is that like as you know a a minority in, as like a marginalized group in a field you, this is to the listeners here this is to you guys you do not need to think of yourself as having to be representative of your group um that was something at least for me really scared me in first year and second year when I was younger is I was like if I fail at something it's not just me failing it is I have failed you know like the LGBTQ community I have failed being a woman um and that's really like that pressure first take your take that off yourself before you make any decisions I think is like number one um number two is once it's just you and you realize you are just there to do you are just there representing yourself I think there's more freedom to try more things you know because Uh, Like, I think we walk around and not even just in engineering, but everywhere as like marginalized people as you walk around sort of with that weight of, you know, when someone looks at me, if I do something wrong, they're going to equate, they might equate that to this group that I'm a part of. And that's really tough. Um, You know, taking that weight off your shoulders is step number one. Um, And then you have that freedom to sort of go and try something that's important too, I think is it once you take that weight off and you feel like, you know what, I can do it because this is something I love, you know, go after and do what you're going to be passionate about. You know, I think this is especially true in engineering. Um, you know, there are engineering specific clubs. You know, there's a ton of them. Yeah, like there are racing. They're like, I don't know what it's called at U of C but at uh, U of S, it's like Husky Formula Racing um, or, or, you know, there's GNCTR Or, you know, engineering specific clubs. Oh, are you laughing at GNCTR? We love (laughs) GNCTR. We love (laughs) GNCTR. Oh man, we gotta love them, right? (laughs) So you you I think when you're in it, you have this idea or expectation that you need to be involved in some sort of engineering thing for it to be meaningful. And it doesn't, right? You you just need to do something that's exciting, that that's gonna spark some sort of creativity. You know, maybe in high school you loved drama you know do there are drama clubs probably at the UFC probably at the US. I I don't know I wish I did because I <laughs> right but there's there's something out there for you and you just need to find that thing like don't be afraid to try something and it not work um, you're going to find something that you love you're going to find a community that cares about you um, and that's looking out for you and, and you can find that in engineering no matter who you are um, sometimes it takes a little more digging though. You know, sometimes it's not, you know, when you're not a cishet white dude, it's going to be harder to find people like you. <laughs> um, but you you can, right? I think that's really important to know.
1: No, totally. Um, I just think it's really interesting for all of us actually here, something that reignited our passion in engineering was something completely not related to engineering at all, right? So Chevek had his creativity and drama stuff, and now he's bringing it back to ENG like for me it was a lot of, you know, reading about leadership and doing leadership stuff and realizing I could bring that back. For you it was moral philosophy stuff. And your passion for Eng doesn't have to come from directly Eng itself. It's so cool how doing something completely different gives you such a new perspective and such a new passion for the thing you got into school for in the first place.
2: Yeah, that's exactly it. It's like you don't have to you know s- stop trying to make yourself fit in this box of what you think an engineering student does or what you think an engineer is supposed to be and like once you sort of take those expectations off yourself you can do so much and you're going to be more excited about what you're doing um, i think too is like as like yeah marginalized groups and that staying motivated something that's really important too is like once you are involved or even if you're not really involved and you know you just have a few friends or whatever Try your best to create the space that you wish you had coming in. You know, and, and that's tough. I'm not going to sit here and be like, it is super easy, <laughs> you know, to stand up to the patriarchy. It sucks. <laughs> it does. <laughs> As a woman, you know, it, it sucks to call people out on, you know, like a, like an inappropriate comment. Be like, you know what, that may be uncomfortable. But um do it when you can. And that doesn't mean you have to do it all the time. You know, sometimes you are not in a headspace where you can, you know, stand up for yourself or stand up for the people around you, but do it when you can do your best to stand up for yourself. Do your best to stand up for, for the other people around you and lift their voices up. Cause when you do that, you're going to create a better space for people like you. And you're going to look back on yourself like I'm holy crap. I'm 22. Now I look back on, you know, 17 year old me or 18 year old me. And I wished that I had, you know, like, a strong woman in engineering that I could have looked up to in school with me, that I could have been like, oh, I'm going to, like, you know what, I'm, yeah, I'm going to call people out on their crappy comments, you know, I'm not just going to, like, take it lying down, you know what I mean? <laughs> I think that's really important, is, like, doing what you can to, to create that space for other people is, you're going to help other people be motivated, and at least for me, that really motivates me, knowing that, like, I you know you have a part to play in this crazy world and no parts too small you know even if you just make one person more comfortable during you know one lecture your whole degree that that's worth it in my opinion
0: yeah. Yeah. It, it, the chain reaction is is pretty pretty intense in that case like just affecting one student they affect another student and you you never know how big the impact is at the end of the day
2: yeah, that's amazing. That's that's so true. It's just, it's okay if you don't sort of see the, the. I guess I don't know how better way to put this, but it's okay if you don't see the fruits of your labor. It doesn't mean that you didn't do good work, and that's something that I've struggled with, um, as like a woman in STEM and, and a woman in engineering, especially is. You know what? I, I try my best. To, you know, like call people out on their comments and and say when something's not all right and and try and stand up for women and create a space for other women but um like have i been perfect no do i still hear comments from you know people in my engineering degree like whether it's classmates whether it's sometimes friends unfortunately or profs and tas make comments and i'm like that wasn't Cool, you know that wasn't stellar. Um, well, of course I do, but um, it doesn't mean you didn't start something. It doesn't mean you didn't, you know, try your best, and and that's meaningful in and of itself. Even if even if there wasn't a chain reaction, even if no one else was affected, it is still so valuable that you did that for yourself, and you tried to do that for other people.
1: No, for sure, and I think with that would be a good stopping point with those inspirational words from you. Uh, We have reached our time, but I would like to give you an opportunity to shout out anything you want to as your one shameless plug in the 30 minutes.
2: Oh my gosh. My one shameless plug is... My one shameless plug is going to be my Instagram. It is the only social media that I actually still have an active account on. It is (laughs) Twenty One at shanman21 i know it sounds ridiculous (laughs) i my friends made it to me for me when i was 12 years old uh if you want to i'm a private account but if you want to send me a message if you want to talk about anything i would love to talk to you guys um ask me questions if i said something you didn't like tell me you didn't like it and let's like open up a dialogue if i said something that you really liked also tell me that and we'll open up a dialogue um yeah, I think that's my shameless plug. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and with that, uh, we're going to wrap up this episode. So thank you to all of our listeners for listening to this episode. Thank you, uh, Shanley, for joining us. Um, and yeah, please reach out. Let us know if you have any questions, concerns, other ideas, other things you want to talk about. Um, and maybe stories about how the patriarchy in engineering has affected your life. That would be, that would be amazing to read. Um, thank you.